0: WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM, and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app.
1: Hour number two of the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEEI. And uh, Fitzy, how about this? Just into the news desk. According to Pete Dammel and now uh, others, Boston College coach Jeff Halfley is expected to become the new defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers.
2: Wow, that's that's a big deal on two fronts because a it was the Packers' defense that let them down far too often this season. Was it Mike Davis? Was his name? Oh, uh, might have been. Mm. Yeah, uh, I uh, Matt Matt Davis, Matt Barry. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, the, any, which, the hell. any which way, yeah. Joe Barry. Sorry, there was Joe Barry Carroll. Yep. Uh, he was criticized unbelievably this season. Um, So that was uh, whether or not they made it all the way to the conference finals or not. That was going to happen. But for Halfley to leave, sort of having turned BC around, but never having gotten BC to the point where I think a lot of local fans thought the team was going to go. Yeah. It's a bit of a stunner, which means Bill Belichick to the Eagles confirmed. Let's go, BC. Yeah, that is. uh... Curtis, get on the phone. That is interesting. So, uh, yeah, because he was, Halfley
1: was with San Francisco, like digging back into his uh, coaching resume. He was with the San Francisco 49ers as the defensive backs coach from 16 to 18. So that was uh, Shanahan, obviously. I don't think, let's see, what else? And there's definitely some other connections. Who was on that staff? Oh, Mike LaFleur was on that staff. Robert Sala, Mike McDaniel, D'Amico Ryans. Bobby Slowick, like kind of a crazy, I mean, the coaching tree, it seems like it's a, it's a lot of redundant, right? It's like if Shanahan and McVay have then spawned everybody else. However, uh, yeah, leaving leaving BC after being the head coach there for the last four seasons where he had a losing record. I mean, he was a game over 500 his first year, 500 his second year. 2022, there were three and nine. Then this past year, he finished seven and six with a big win in the Fenway Bowl, but that'll that'll do it. For uh, Boston
2: College, it looks like. Uh, so you you can't blame the guy at <laughs> the Fenway Bowl. That's right. They did uh, win the, the Fenway Wasabi Bowl. Fen- the Wasabi My bad. Fenway My Bowl. bad. Get the sponsor huh? uh, you, I mean, but making the jump to the pros, look, if, if A, why wouldn't anyone want to get involved with a team that's going to have more hype, more potential, yeah. more chatter yeah. than Green Bay? Like, that's going to be the buzzy team on NFL Network in July and August when training camp gets going. And they should be. Because quite honestly, even the Lions should have won, but the Green Bay Packers absolutely should have won against the 49ers as well. Uh, There's nothing nowhere to go but up for that team, and so why wouldn't you want to attach yourself to a team that could have championship aspirations next year? And also, jumping from the college ranks to the pros like that, that's a big deal. If he's the guy that turns around the Green Bay Packers defense in a year or two, that puts him in line, I don't think for a head coaching job, But if you're going to be at B.C. with minimal or limited resources. Yeah, I would say so. And you would like to be the head coach ultimately at a larger program, something in the Big 12, Big 10, SEC, ACC, then the best way to do that, go to the pros, turn around a pro defense, jump back in, triple your pay, get a big-time program. It's a great move. It's a bummer for Boston College because I liked him, one of the best interviews in town, good guy by all accounts. But that's a win for the Packers, big time.
1: And a question that only BC alums will care about, who is going to coach that team? <laughs> like That is sort of now, you know. Mike Vrabel. Big Mike. There is, well, his kid went there. He is Mike's available mm-hmm. if he wants to do that. Now, they would have to, I would assume, let him run it maybe a little bit differently than they have
2: been running things
1: over the last few you years. I think he would
2: do it just for, you know, back on the S's and G's front? Like, if Vrabel doesn't get a head coaching gig, does he sit out or does he say, you know what? I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna turn BC around. I
1: can't believe he didn't get one of these NFL jobs. So I don't. I don't know where his head's at. I feel like if he sat out this year, I feel like he should be one of the top candidates for next year. But I also thought he'd be one of the top candidates this year. So maybe things have changed. They love these young guns. It's like young guys all over, all are getting hired left and right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That is a that is a weird one. So add that to the list of coaching news. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was gonna ask you. Um, I did not get a chance to listen in totality to last night's program, though, audience, if you would like to at any point, you can always use the Odyssey app or subscribe to the Rich Keep Show podcast. It mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. was a good uh, one.
2: Where, top shelf, I yep, imagine. Yep. Well, they're all good ones. Oh, no, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, where were you guys on the Ben Johnson pulling up stakes and deciding to take his name out of consideration for a head coaching position. Yeah, it's interesting. That was a big surprise. Ben Johnson, so I was like, does that have more to do with
1: Washington, Uh, or like maybe they didn't, because remember the rumor was Ben Johnson wanted like $15 million a year to be a coach. Now, did they not meet that? Or did Ben Johnson just have Second thoughts and he's like, I don't, I don't want to go to Washington or maybe I don't think I'm ready to be a head coach or whatever it is, but I was shocked. I thought he was gone. I thought Ben Johnson was gone. I even thought Bobby Slowick going down to Houston was going to grab one of these jobs and both are staying. Both were pretty hot candidates this year. So I don't know, like neither one of them can go back and like raise their stock, right? I mean, the lions were in the NFC championship game and their offense was great throughout the, throughout the last couple of years. I feel like Ben Johnson could get, get that job. So does he Does he definitely want
2: to be a coach? I feel like all these guys do, but we usually just assume that. We don't really know for sure. Does he really feel like – is there, did Ben Johnson have his heartstrings tugged at with the tragic finish or the disappointing fourth quarter against the San Francisco 49ers? And was Dan Cable like, Come on, you got to finish what we started. Like, I just –
1: right Maybe, but like every coordinator, like I was just saying, I feel like has – the aspiration to one day be a head coach, and when you're that close, mm. you're also going to a team potentially in uh, Washington that is going to have either Jaden Daniels or Drake May, so you can get married up right away with a top mm. quarterback, and then kind of hopefully go on a run where you're in charge and you're you're the head coach, you're making all the decisions. And he's like,
2: "No, I'll stay in Detroit." So I was, I was. How definitely many people ever me. said that? <laughs> I don't think many. Just in general. Nah, I'll stay in Detroit. That's not a <laughs> phrase you hear uttered often nope. in any capacity.
1: Nope. No, you do not. So, yeah, that was, a, uh, that was a weird one. And then it opened up the door for uh, Mike McDonald to go to Seattle as well, the defensive coordinator for the uh, Ravens, now goes to Seattle. Uh, we'll get to the Patriots offensive coordinator search, but it is a would-you-rather Wednesday, so here are a few questions we'll kick around. All right. uh, would you rather mm-hmm. the Patriots hire any of the current candidates that they have interviewed or Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator.
2: Now, see, some are going to point to Kingsbury being a part of the USC staff last year and say, yeah, well, Caleb Williams was better the year before without him, so this guy must stink. It, I'd, I think Cliff Kingsbury, if you give him the right kind of quarterback and you give I, it would be so fun. Yep. I, it would either work out amazingly or flame out gloriously. <laughs> I would There's much chance, rather. Yeah. There would just be something fun. Mm-hmm. I think we would probably all, so the answer is Kingsbury, so I, you, we would probably all, because none of the candidates they have right now, like, they don't six to midnight it for me, none of them really move mm, the needle, no. like, n- no. no one is just, like, full of accomplishment and uh, has all the buzz building behind them, whereas Kingsbury could be awesome, could be a disaster, I would much rather swing for the fences, uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't you don't you. I want
1: Kingsbury big time. I, I think everybody points to like, oh, what about like he didn't have a winning record at Texas Tech. I don't need him to be my head coach. I don't want him to be the head coach. Mm-mm. I want him to just worry about offense and mm-hmm. a guy that has worked with, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray and Johnny Manziel. Yeah, let's see. And again, Manziel in the college level where he was fantastic. Like he worked mm-hmm. with uh with all those guys. Was it Case Keenum too? Or he had one of the Houston guys when he was down in Houston. So like he's had a bunch of quarterbacks who have all been pretty good, and if he's just focused on offense, I think he's great. Plus, I think you would be a good guy just to have in the coaching room. Right now, they're so young. They have such little experience across the board. Throw in a guy that has four years of NFL head coaching experience Mm -hmm. as your offensive coordinator. I love it. And also... I'm not going to blame him for the Caleb Williams step back this year because what was even his role? It's not like he was the offensive coordinator. He was like a uh, senior analyst. offensive yeah. analyst, All right? So he he takes the blame, and Caleb Williams also isn't the first quarterback to have an unbelievable year, come back to school, and be not as good as they were the year before.
2: Uh, well, someone like that is going to win the MVP this year, correct?
1: Yep, Lamar Jackson was one of those guys. There's been uh, a bunch of them. Plus. He was so good. And I think a lot of the thing was a little bit overblown because, like, the crying and not talking to reporters. But, like, it's not like he had a horrible season. It's not like he was, you know, he was still all right. Uh, But, yeah, I would rather Cliff Kingsbury. However, to this point, they have not even interviewed him. Uh, Would you rather watch the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge uh,
2: this weekend or shovel your driveway? Oh, I'd much rather shovel the driveway. Yeah, nice
1: clean driveway. Make sure it's nice and, you know,
2: maybe it well, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, one, you got a clean driveway, so you mm-hmm. know you have a safe passage to wherever you need to go. Pretty good. Or whoever's coming over. Right. Two, uh it's a it's if you do it the right way, if you bend your knees, get a good stretch in, hydrate, it's an excellent workout. It is. Yeah. You're, it's, you're exhausted after workout. That's a good point. Oh, sorry, you're kidding? It's yeah. like it's like the original CrossFit. It <laughs> is. And three, <laughs> Rich, can I can I share with you something that way back in the day? A a P one of the old Maddie and Nick show on WAF shared with me my then co host Maddie and of course producer Stanley Stizgrimy Bruno yes please what you do the night before a snowstorm is you go out you take a six pack of your favorite light or just average American beer like okay. say like a six pack of High Life okay a six pack of Cancet. what you know my yep. yeah exactly right. yep. my personal favorite Cancet. okay you leave them strategically placed all around the yard and the driveway it snows. When you go out there and shovel every like thirty to forty-five minutes, you run into one. Oh, you, you have pop it. it. You have it. You get a little, you get a little treat.
1: I like that a lot. My J- one fear is using the snowboard. <laughs> 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 is losing an arm in the snowboard. No, it would be. Sometimes it gets a little too cold. What are the chance? If you leave them out there overnight, what are the chances that they're all just bricks?
2: I mean, they could be, or they could be chilled to perfection. That's true. That's all. I mean, I now guess. if you leave a couple of higher ABV ones out there, like let's yeah. say you leave. Two or three, two Dippas. two really good. Okay, like yeah. some great, you know. Some well, let me tell you good. right now,
1: I will not finish
2: shoveling the driveway. That
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would run into those two, some and from, like I would vitamin probably, C, yeah. greater
2: good, or our friends sit up down, at our Hands.
1: I'd sit down, take a little break, and then I'd, that'd be
2: it. I'd be probably <laughs> done with the, with my my chores for the day. Yeah, mom, dad is just sitting in the middle of the snow <laughs> laughing. What's he doing? Oh, just well. leave him. Just leave him. Lock the door. Him. <laughs> just. <leave him>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's fine. All right, would you rather, Fitzy, the Celtics have home court advantage throughout the playoffs or the Bruins have home ice advantage throughout the playoffs? Oh, mercy.
2: Celtics. Celtics need it more than the Bruins.
1: Same, and there's a much bigger disparity, too. Yeah, the Bruins pick uh, Yeah.
2: I like disparity. <laughs> whatever, whatever whatever the word is. It's all, right, all right, Craig Breslow, you know what I meant. <laughs> the
0: correct <director> guy. <laughs> strikes again. Oh, hey. Oh,
2: who invited Strunk and White to be the guest on tonight's show? Oh, Sorry.
0: we had some
1: jackass last night. He was mad because I said, me, Fitzy, and Hart, and I didn't say Fitzy, Hart, and me. He was legit upset about it. But anyway, uh, the Bruins' <laughs> road record is fantastic. Like, I don't think... Like mm-hmm. of course the old uh, adage you would love to have uh, game seven at home that applies to mm-hmm. every team in every sport.
2: Well, it doesn't matter for the Bruins. No,
1: no, you're right, and that's why I say the Bruins have probably a better chance of winning a game seven on the road than the Celtics would. Like I think the Celtics till recently hadn't even lost at home, so yeah, I think it's more important for the Celtics to have it than it would be for the Bruins. I mean, the way things are going right now, that they both are. Like they're mm-hmm. they're both gonna have
2: it. But, uh, yeah, they would have to be the Celtics. uh, I am in full agreement on that. Like, they need home court in the Mm – they're a such markedly better team. Yeah, yeah. All right, if you – would you rather, if you had a good
1: roster – so this isn't the Patriots, but this is some of the other teams out there that have a good roster and maybe don't have a great quarterback. Would you rather sign Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins? Mm -hmm.
2: Oh my, wow, that's a shh. yeah. All right, so the Sophie's choice of football. You are yep. you are the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, the Atlanta you Falcons. Uh, even the like Raiders, the Steelers, maybe. Yep. All right, Somebody You're like that. a team that like you could get in there, and then hey, you know, if you got a good, if you have a good enough draft, yeah, maybe you get in there and a little frisky. A little yeah. Frisky. Um, I'm. I think I want Russell Wilson. <sighs> I don't. I think... liked. I liked. I liked a lot of what I saw last he year. He was Kirk good Cousins last year, a steady Freddy, But I think. But he had the best receiver in the NFL the last couple of years, and and he had the best rookie receiver last year as well. Like, That's, yeah, or right, yeah, right. Russell Wilson had Cortland Sutton, and then a bunch of, you know. Yeah, Jerry Judy just hasn't really been it. Oof, man, he ain't it. He, he fell apart he this ain't last it. season. No. Yeah, I feel like the Ask high, Steve Smith.
1: over the last even like five or six years, the highs are higher, but also the lows are lower with Russell Wilson. Good point. So you're like, all right, here's cu- her Cousins is going to sort of like elevate the play, but if you're going for like a little bit more of like a lottery ticket, I guess you'd go with Wilson. They both have kind of uh unique personalities, let's say. Yep. You know Kirk Cousins is very uh How would you describe Kirk Cousins? Straight-laced, simple. Simple. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He's a mm-hmm. man of uh, simple tastes and then Russell Wilson of course is Mr. Unlimited. So you'd have to you'd be bringing in both. I feel like Kirk Cousins is though more unanimously liked by teammates. I think he mm-hmm. might
2: be easier to jump into a new locker room than Wilson would be. That's fair. That's a fair point as well, and if you watched the docu-series yeah. that I uh, often cite from, Quarterback on Netflix, mm-hmm. you'd see that uh, Kirk Cousins, a God-fearing man, family man, highly likable and w- beloved by his teammates as well. Yeah. I mean, who wasn't into him on the plane with the big horn rims and the gold chains shirtless, like do, doing his doing the old man dance? Remember the you like that? That's what really put him on the map, remember? When he came yeah. off the field, you like that. Uh, then finally,
1: would you rather eat just pizza or just burgers for every meal for an entire week.
0: Stiz? Oh pizza all day. I am no. not a burger guy. I find not burger they, guy. No, what? I find them like bland. Like Well, you can dress them up any way you, you
2: want. You can throw you another cheese on it, but jalapenos still a, on there. Still a burger to me. All right. I'm just not Maybe a big burger guy. Maybe some onion strings, now rich. So, onion I strings have to ask mystery this sauce, question. whatever you want. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can do it. I have to ask you this question. Okay. Do they all have to be hamburgers? Mm, oh, you suggest like a turkey burger. Well, I love turkey burgers I do too. And I gotta be honest, I don't, I don't hate on like the Impossible or like the Science Burger.
1: Yes, let's say. Oh, really? Okay, so let's say. Love you, them actually. Let's say yes to that because, but then it also allows you to have different types of pizza. So you could go exactly. thin crust. You could go deep dish. You could go regular style. Detroit style. Yeah, I can yeah, go yeah. Bar pizza. Yeah, but it just but, has to be pizza. It has to be some burger family.
2: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go burger. If you allow me to vary things up, then I'm gonna go burger. Tiebreaker. I'm going pizza. Yeah, because
1: I think also with the pizza you can eat that hot or cold. Good point. I'm not sitting around eating a cold you burger.
2: Talk, you've never had a. Oh, I talking? have. I don't. I don't prefer it. Well, don't overcook your burger. Then we have a nice medium I, rare. Two thirds. Do you have any idea how many ki- cold corners of my kids' burgers <laughs> I've just picked up in the morning? Just run right across a, like a well, swath of leftover ketchup. No, now that you know, I get to work the the night program. I am like a, a garbage disposal for whatever
1: foods left over from the morning show. <laughs> so I've eaten plenty of cold food. That's right. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would go slightly pizza. I love both, but I would go slightly pizza. Okay. All right, there you go. There's would you rather Wednesday. Hopefully you were uh, playing along, uh, you know, with the uh, in your in your car answering those questions. You can jump aboard here at 617-779-7937. Who will be the last man standing as it relates to the Patriots offensive coordinator search? We'll pick through the names that are still out there coming up next, but right now here is Stiz with What's Trending.
3: The Greg Hill show, weekdays 6 to
0: 10. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI.
3: I think that we've grown in a lot of ways. You know, experience is the best teacher. You know, personally, I've grown, you know, taking care of the basketball. My turnovers are down this year, making sure we get a good shot, making sure we find guys, hitting guys on the numbers, you know, um, identifying, playing smart basketball, identifying the matchups, and, and going from there. I think we've grown in those areas as a unit for sure. And also, we got a, a bunch of different guys in the locker room who's been able to, to step up in the fourth quarter in clutch moments, D. White. Drew, Prazingis, guys that, you know, are big time players. So I think that has made a world of a difference too.
0: That's Jalen Brown speaking last night after the game on him and Tatum's growth as leaders and limiting lost leaves. The Celtics beat the Pacers at home last night 129 to 124. Celtics clinched the season series with the Pacers last night 3 to 2. Tatum had 30, Brown 25, Derek White put up 24. That was the third time this season that the Celtics starting five each had 17 or more points. Jason Tatum had two big blocks in the final 30 seconds of the game, which helped Boston hold off Indiana. Celtics' homestand continues tomorrow night when LeBron James and the Lakers come to town. Tip-off at 7.30 from Causeway Street. The Bruins have the week off. They return next week to the ice. Tuesday night, they'll host a the Calgary Flames puck drop at 7 p.m. Patriots are hiring Rams assistant special teams coach Jeremy Springer as their new special teams coordinator. Springer, originally from Texas, spent eight years coaching in college and the last two seasons with the Rams. And the Red Sox announced Wednesday they've claimed infielder Romy Gonzalez off waivers from the Chicago White Sox in order to open a spot on the 40-man roster Boston-designated right-hander Zach Weiss for assignment. I'm Sids. that's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rizki shows coming your way. You can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI.
1: Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy WEEI. You can join the program, 617-779-7937. Patriots. Still without an offensive coordinator, however, they have a special teams coordinator, Fitzy. Welcome Jeremy Springer to the squad. His dad's talk show was the best. It was pretty good. You know, it started out not as crazy, and then he's like, you know what? For ratings, we're going to have to turn it up a notch. We're going to have to bring in the Nazis. That's kind of what he did. That's what y'all went in doubt, Rich. It
2: was. I think it was much more of like a straight shooting talk show, right? For a while. Mm -hmm. Do you ever hear the story, by the way, this has nothing to do with the, the Patriots special teams? Uh, I don't issue know how many people hiring. care about the special teams necessarily, so go ahead. Nope, <laughs> they don't. Uh, special teams talk, not necessarily ratings gold, nope. but sharing stories of great idiocy um, amongst talk show hosts and former politicians does. Yes. Do you ever hear how Jerry Springer had to resign as the mayor of Cincinnati? No, I don't know why. I remember I, I know that he was the mayor and that he resigned, but I no. Uh, he had an affair. He had an affair with an escort. All right, and uh, you know what he did? Is that an affair? Well, he had a fling. Got it. He doodled around. Got it. Yep. And after he doodled around, yeah, after he doodled around with an escort, uh huh, uh, a woman of the night. Sure. He paid her with a check. (laughs) Wrote a check to her. (laughs) Signed a check. Did you take checks? She's like, no. Well, I'm fresh out it's, of cash. So well, the, thing is, the funny thing is they're sort of traceable, you see, when someone cashes it and it comes from yeah. the offices of Jared Springer. What do you put in the Mayor. memo line? <laughs> <laughs> services it, rendered. Goods and services. Yeah, so Yeah, that's a good one. Anyway.
1: But then he had a I mean a far more successful career
2: as oh, uh, a yeah. talk show host. The guy was Make all, sure and take care of each other. Your
0: his love. family like escaped uh, the Holocaust in Germany. He, Springers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah, his family had a rough life.
2: Only to pay a hooker with a check. <laughs> yeah. there you go. <laughs> Man, you know what? If your family escaped the Holocaust as well, you probably really wouldn't care much about how you. No, at that pay point, services rendered at that. So,
1: point. Jeremy Springer, all you need to know yep. is uh, this is a guy you want somebody out of the McVeigh School of Football. Well, this is good news for you. Jeremy Springer was the assistant special teams coach for the last two years with the Rams. Prior yeah. to that. He was in college, and he's just a 34 year old
2: man. He's a young gun. Mm -hmm. He is, and he, you know, I remain convinced. Uh Uh, Well, there are two schools of thought you can approach this from, in in my humble estimation. One, he uh, he was part of a special teams unit last year that was technically, according to DVOA metrics, three times worse than the Patriots. Okay. So, if you follow All the numbers, right. or at least the advanced statilytics as I like to call them, uh, the Patriots are lowering your expectations even more. So, they have nowhere to go but up this year. All right. That's true. That's true. And two, yep. he looks like uh, he looks just enough like Sean McVay that people are like, ah, got see, him. <laughs> look Put him, him in like the Rams
1: that. polo and you're cooking <laughs> with gas. That could be it. Maybe he's a, he's a McVay lookalike. So anyway, he'll be running the special teams. So hopefully, we never even bring his name up. Like that's the kind of job that it is that you never even talk about it. However, if they are uh, giving up punt return touchdowns, kick return touchdowns, mm-hmm. committing penalties, then we're going to talk about missing him quite at a least bit. a field goal yeah. a game. We'll talk about him quite a bit at that point. Yeah, I wonder what I wonder what his thoughts are on Chad Ryland. Did he get a chance to see the see
2: Chad Ryland in action, and if he wants to bring him? You back? know what? Actually, he probably he, there was a very there was a pivotal potential special teams moment this year, uh, the Detroit Lions benefited from and then ultimately um, ultimately, obviously, were doomed by trying to go for it. Remember, in that wild card game, Rams only lost by a point. It was 24-23, and with four minutes, 13 seconds left, Sean McVay went full surrender index and punted on like a fourth and three at the 45 or something. <laughs> Dan Campbell never rolling over stupid. in his grave. Yeah. yeah, Oh, God, absolutely. Hated it. I, and Dan Campbell was like, oh, man, you're no." So uh, the, they never had a chance to try the long field, mm. field goal that would have given them a chance to take the lead. And then ultimately, Dan Campbell was to go for it later on, um, a little too gung-ho in the NFC Championship. Right. But, I mean, this kid has come up, this guy, yep. he's younger. The than man. Buckley, right? He's a grown man. man he's a, he is a grown man. He's grown, this, too. 6'3", 230. I like a big special teams coach. He's a you gotta, unit.
1: Yeah, you got to have good energy. Yep. Yeah. He played football at UTEP. Which I also like. Something about playing at UTEP feels like a good special teams coordinator. UTEP like. Oh, I played feels down like, UTEP. Like, okay. what, what, it's yeah.
2: the University of Texas El Paso. What are they? The hot steppers? No, they are
1: the minors, I believe. Are they? They're the minors. Damn right. All
2: oh, right. Okay. UTEP you minors. So a the, U-Tep the minors. Aggies. Yep. UTEP's the minors. like that. Um, Rich, I think we also should see this as um, addition by subtraction. Yes, there is a new special teams coach. Mm-hmm. No, he is not Cam Accord or Joe Judge. So this could be a double-dub.
1: True, because it seems like, you know, with Gerard Mayo and DeMarcus Covington being promoted, it seems like there was a chance you could just have a lot of familiar faces, them not going outside their comfort zone. So that is a positive. And as for the offensive coordinators, they interviewed 11 guys. Some of them immediately took other jobs, like Shane Waldron to the Bears, Zach Robinson down to the Falcons, uh, Dan Pitcher stayed in Cincinnati. Yep. Then you had a couple of other guys sticking where they were. Gerard Johnson it was the QB's coach in Houston. He's staying there. Thomas Brown, the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator, is going to the Bears as the pass game coordinator. So he's taking a step down. Step down and
2: going to the mid. Okay. Yep, going to uh, Shane Waldron. Oh, to work with Shane. He probably figures he can benefit from a little Shane Waldron shine. And Caleb Williams, most likely, trying to Uh, jump jump on there. Very well could be the case. Now, Tanner Engstrand, who's the pass game coordinator and was was to become the offensive coordinator for the Lions, now he's still behind Ben Johnson, who's remaining offensive coordinator for the Lions one more season. Mm -hmm. Does he stay? And hopefully the Lions offense is really good next year. He gets a little shine. Or does he take the chance now to bump up, uh, maybe bump up his resume and profile? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. If he if he's like Ben Johnson,
1: he'll be happy to run it back again. You know, because Ben John like, they both could have stepped up. So if Ben Johnson, and, and I don't know what their relationship is like, but obviously they work together quite a bit. ankstrom uh, has been there the last three years in Detroit. So they might have a similar philosophy, but... I would think the opportunity, even though the Patriots roster not great, but you're going to get a young quarterback in all likelihood, and that's what you you'd, you'd kind of want compared to some of these other teams that have you know that have no idea what the quarterback's going to be. But mm-hmm. those that remain, who they have spoken with, so you could always go somebody else. But it's Nick Cayley, old buddy Nick Cayley. It is ex uh, Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getzey. Mm-hmm. It is a couple of Forty ers guys, tight ends coach Brian Flurry, and just assistant coach Clint Kubiak, the son of Gary. Mm-hmm. Raiders pass game coordinator Scott
2: Turner, he goes by Son of
1: Gary. Son That's of Gary, yep, yeah, just call on me. Twitter, Son of Gary. <laughs> and then Tanner Engstrom, who you had mentioned. So it's those right. six guys. Now, just to, to you. Does interviewing 11 people, and we're about to be in February, still not having an offensive coordinator, is this good due diligence, or is this
2: not knowing what the hell you're doing? I'll take the latter for 600, (laughs) Alex. Same. Same. Yeah, uh, you have a senior bowl going on right now. Now, I know there are a number of players, uh, just from following Cadillac, uh, our old pal Kyrie Thompson, who's out there, and others. There are a number of players who have spoken with the Patriots. That's great. Yeah, but who's... Wide receivers, (laughs) quarterbacks, (laughs) Uh, tight ends, everything. uh, Yeah, I don't know who you're talking to that's still in the scouting or personnel department. Who are they coming back to report to? Gerard Mayo? That's great. Maybe the head coach has some wants and wishes and needs and crushes picking up, watching uh, game film and everything else running on the NFL Network or on social media now. Terrific. Shouldn't they be looking... Shouldn't they right now be looking for... People that are going to fit the new offensive coordinator scheme. Yeah. We also don't know who the GM is going to be. Now, maybe it'll just be one of these
1: guys that's there doing the job. And then ultimately, they're like, ah, you're here, so you have the job. But right now, you don't know who's picking the player at three, and you don't know who's going to be coaching that player the, most, the, the closest. You don't even know who that is. Right. So, yeah, I, I read that uh, Sam Hartman, the Notre Dame quarterback, who was at Wake mm-hmm. Forest before, he talked to the Patriots. Like, okay.
2: He's a handsome guy.
1: What was that? Dude? Yeah, he's not
2: going to be a good pro quarterback, but
1: whatever. That's sure.
2: no. He's, he's neither like, here nor there. He might not even. I get mean, drafted. for people that were busting our chops for saying that we like Bo Nix, yeah, like, Sam Hartman, if, get
3: out of here. <laughs> Stop.
2: Stop it right Stop. now. No, come on. Like uh, Tez Walker, they call him Devontez Walker, a big tall receiver out of North Carolina. Yeah, I've read a couple of I've read a couple of draft uh, write ups on him just because the Patriots have spoken to him twice, and all I keep thinking is, hey, we already have. Taequann Thornton <laughs> oh nice yeah the senior bowl is kind of crazy we were talking about with Catholic last night you'll
1: have guys that play themselves into the first round you'll have guys that are like seventh round or undrafted like all playing in the game like it's a big uh-huh. swing like the top 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 guys choose not to play but then again there's always people that get excited for quarterbacks so both Bo Nix and Michael Penix a month ago probably weren't first round picks but if they have a good Senior Bowl week, then a good Senior Bowl, then a good Combine, a good Pro Day, like all right, well, they play might, themselves out. They could, they definitely could. All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, Polly is in Dedham. He joins us next. What's up, Polly? Polly,
3: hey, good, good to speak with you guys again tonight. Same. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll take the burgers all week. That's yeah, the all right, fair, yeah. nice. If I can't, if I can't get Tom Brady back here, I really would <laughs> like to see them. Uh, the, the Russell Justin Fields Fields away from the Bears. I think he's a stud. I thought the Jets were crazy not taking him with the second pick in the draft a few few years ago. Mm, Yep. Hey, Paulie, do you think
2: he's Paulie? Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's it's very easy to be enamored of his athletic ability because the kid can run? He's got a cannon for an arm. It's a little bit of a long motion, Mm -hmm. but do you think he's just been the victim of bad coaching?
3: Well, that's that's what they're saying. He didn't have a great offensive line. Then I've heard nothing but bad things about his offensive coordinator. Um, you build, up, you build up that twice. offensive line. <laughs> you, you build that offensive line. You know, I think you got a good shot at, at signing, at resigning Trent Brown and Michael and when you're right off the bat if you're bringing somebody like him and you're bringing Josh McDaniels, who's got all kinds of experience. He can run any type of offense you want to lay in front of him. he he's seen he's seen and pretty much done it all. He can make adjustments. Guys are talking about how we'll be able to, um, well, some of your co- so-called experts out there, um, McDaniels will be able to make adjustments and be, cr- what you, be creative. What do, you,
1: what do you base that off of, Paulie? Like, he's he's run a similar offense the whole time he's been in the league, and he had a ton of success with Tom Brady, and then without Tom Brady, the success wasn't really there. Uh,
3: well, it's because he had, because that's what he got all he had was Tom Brady. Tom Brady's—he's a, a Parker quarterback. He always. He I mean, he was, Denver, he was he in Denver. He was in St.
1: Louis. He was in Vegas, and they—they they were all a mess.
3: A, he had a lot of interesting guys when he was with the Patriots, drafting guys like like Lamar. Um, no, I know, and, but and, and, and I and mean, a, and a few others. Okay. That, could, that could that were mobile. But from what so we've he seen, Paulie, confidence in himself, okay. and he's a quarterback whisperer, Kiefer. He's a quarterback whisperer. You who was good, you know, good besides Tom Brady?
1: Who was good besides Tom Brady? All right, well, I got to let you go then, Polly. I mean, if you're going to give me the Mac Jones 2021, I guess we can talk both sides of that one. It was clearly the best of Mac Jones that we've ever seen, right? He sucked the two years after that, but I wouldn't bank everything on that one. He was in St. Louis for one year as the offensive coordinator. They were the worst offense in football. You can look that up. They're the worst offensive football. Denver, he drove that thing into the ground. He drafted Tim Tebow. You're talking about mobile guys. And then Vegas... They wanted to fire him last year. They didn't because it would have been too expensive. They ended up firing him this year. Weren't getting great play out of the quarterback. They ended up switching into Aiden O'Connell. Garoppolo was so bad. So I don't want Josh McDaniels. I I don't want him at all. I know these guys that they're interviewing right now don't have a ton of experience, but I would take the unknown over just trotting back Josh McDaniels.
2: You know, the the Patriots offense, I feel like we – like we remember it as if it was like some sort of machine, or if it was, you know, just be there were a couple of games where they played teams that had bare bones of their roster, like the Browns game, yeah, the Titans game, the Jets game, the Jaguars game. Yeah, they really feasted like, on like, a
1: couple. Of, didn't they score fifty against the Jaguars, Pat, I think, like?
2: and fifty against the Jets yeah. too. They yeah, padded right. stats in those games. Yep. They they kind of struggled, or like they were mid, a little like it was ultimately a upper half of the league but still borderline middle of the road yeah. offense. It was not like it, this was no showcase that the that that the 2021 Patriots put on. It's just that we what we saw was you know it was fluid, it was yeah. competent. It was not how they ended the season the season prior. How do Cam you do Newton, with obviously. I was going to say how do you do with Cam Newton? Not great. Josh McDaniels? Yeah. I, d- d- he sh- probably should have gotten an award for squeezing all the blood out of that stone. That <laughs> I mean, I, that's true, I suppose, but it's like I'm not well, I'm not past even past plays. He called where Jacoby Myers threw freaking dimes to no, Rex true. Burkhead and Cam Newton. Listen, I'm
1: not putting blame on McDaniels for Newton, but like if you're just talking about his entire resume without Brady, like that's mm-hmm. also on there. Like the Cam Newton year where they had I don't know where they ranked,
2: but they were one of the worst offenses in football. So like that was all he was also uh, at, at the head of that. So not stat don't, muse, the Patriots were very middle of that. Like, yeah. they were just kind of like a middle of the like a good right. but not great offense.
1: But where do you stand on Justin Fields? I think that's a fair one. Well, we'll take that out of Paul. I appreciate the phone call, by the way. I Justin Fields, I've also too always been kind of enamored with. And going into the draft a couple of years ago, I thought he should have been the second quarterback taken. And not that, that would have paid dividends, but you know, Zach Wilson sucks, Trey Lance sucks, Mac Jones sucks, and mm-hmm. Fields has been up and down. So it's not like we have the end results on all of that, but would you take Justin Fields?
2: They did have more points in 2021 than I gave him credit. And no, I don't want Justin Fields. Okay. I, I, I also wonder, I, again I respect his talent. Sure. I I think he's got I think he's got arm to spare, and the guy can scoot. But okay, let me ask you this: Can Justin Fields succeed in any? Can Justin Fields succeed? In any offense, or do you need to tailor cut an offense specifically to what you believe the skills, strengths, and limitations of Justin Fields to be?
1: I would do that, but I also don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. thing. I mean, look at the Eagles with okay. Jalen Hurts. You know, could you could you run a similar offense that Jalen Hurts is running with Justin Fields? The guy can run. The guy
2: is a house. You could you could do tush push with Justin Fields all day long True. if you wanted. So could you? Okay. So could you come up with some sort of... Could you design up some sort of Philadelphia Eagles-esque offense? And I hate to do it, but I'm going to ride uh, Paulie from Dedham's Coattails right here. Couldn't a guy like Josh McDaniels, who, uh, you know, uh, has has, couldn't he come in, yeah. revise his offense, help rebuild the confidence of Justin Fields after... I mean, hey, he's not coming here. And the fact that they've interviewed the offensive coordinator that some people say kind of... <laughs> know, Justin Fields the last that. couple of you years, like that that's a bad match. That
1: is a bad match. I mean, Fields two years ago, so his second year in the league, he mm-hmm. ran for over 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. So it would be a completely different type of quarterback in New England, one that we've never seen before. I mean, obviously Cam Newton had stuff like that early in his career, but not here. So it'd be, it would have to be a whole new playbook that you throw in there. But I just wonder, like, if you're looking at Drake May or Jaden Daniels, and let's say you or anybody or them drafting they love one of those guys but not the other one mm-hmm. and the commanders take the one that you love so do you settle for the one that you don't love or do you take marvin harrison junior and then you take your second round pick or maybe some future picks and whatever and say we'll trade that to the bears for justin fields so you mm-hmm. get marvin harrison and justin fields going forward with the i like i
2: i, I, I kind of like that Ran for 60, 657 yards this past season in thirteen games, four touchdowns. Yeah, he wasn't as good this and year, and he was five and eight as a starter. Sixty one percent completion, twenty five yeah. sixty. No, that 16, he's got to get the completion
1: like, percentage up. Yeah, I mean, he had DJ Moore this year, but uh, yeah, he missed some games, and no, he was he's, he's a project. He's not a slam dunk, but it's also you don't know how good any of these uh, guys in the draft are going to be. You've at least seen three years out of field. So it could be, just like I was saying, hey, the unknown with these offensive coordinators, mm-hmm. you'd just rather take that chance. I get it. If people are like, I'd rather take the unknown in, you know, Penix or Drake May or whatever than I would Same. Justin Fields. I get it. That's why I get uh, it.
2: And also, I just want to point, like, we're kind of just, wh- you know, whistling past the graveyard or not seeing the forest with the trees on this one. Any team that were to acquire Justin Fields from the Bears... Would be acquiring him and then have to ultimately make a decision that the Bears did not want to have to make, let alone commit to. This is his fourth year. You got to decide when you acquire him whether or not you're picking up his fifth year option. So you either get Justin Fields for two seasons for about 25, 26 million, or you say, I'll take him for one year. And in this one year, I'll take that Daniel Jones style risk that yeah. he'll be good, but not yep. great. Because if he's great, He's going to be at, looking at $45, 50000000 per season next year, which is insane to think of. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right, you guys can join us
1: at 617-779-7937. we got to hit on uh, John Henry spending some big money out there. Not on the Red Sox. No, 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 no. Not on the Red Sox, but on yet another sport. So how will that affect the Red Sox, and what are national people saying about the Red Sox approach this offseason? It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI.
0: If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on Weei.
1: Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy Weei, And uh, this seemed like it was inevitable, but it looks like it went through today. But John Henry, a part of this this big group of billionaires, mm -hmm, getting involved with the PGA Tour. And uh, Fenway Sports Group is part of this strategic sports group. Not to get into all the details on this, but they're going to make an initial investment of $1.5 billion into the PGA Tour with the possibility of another $1.5 billion coming later. The reason I bring that up is it just seems like once again, John Henry's spending a ton of money in places that are not the Boston Red Sox. Correct. And uh, I guess this is, as long as he owns the Red Sox, it just feels like this is going to be our reality where they're probably going to have somewhere between the 10th, 11th, 12th, maybe lower payroll in Major League Baseball. But he's going to continue to make a profit off it because people are going to fill up Fenway Park. Not diehard Red Sox fans necessarily, but just people in general are going to fill up Fenway Park. And... You know, hope for the occasional good year and see what happens, but not really make any kind of big financial commitment to a lot of players going forward. Not be a player in free agency like they have been in years past. But you know, owning a hockey team, owning a soccer team, owning part of this PGA tour, maybe getting a basketball team down the road. It just seems like the sad reality as long as John Henry's owning the Red Sox. I
2: I, I can't I can't even begin to tell you how upsetting I found the not re-signing Justin Turner oh yeah, to be. I, Didn't go I, for that
1: much? Goes for one
2: year and goes to the Blue Jays? You're like, goes to one year, $13 million. He made nine point three last year for the Red Sox. So the guy gets, and deservedly so, considering the season he had on the field, not to mention how incredibly valuable all of his teammates and his manager, Alex Cora, said he was to keeping that team together. Leadership like they could never have imagined. How could a team that is banking on so many uncertainties and so many young players that are either on the roster now or that are coming up not benefit from the leadership and the poise and presence of a guy like Justin Turner? Also, who is how are they going to replace all the numbers he brought as a right-handed second baseman, first baseman, DH, utility, third baseman? Like right. The guy did everything. He was flex seal for the team last year. And yet still, Fenway Sports Group, which is far too busy sinking money into... One of the two golf leagues, and I thought they were supposed to have merged, and I don't even understand what the hell is going on I between Liv and the PGA. No it's idea. It's too
1: much. None. Everything I read seems to contradict the last thing, so I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't need to waste my time They on were this. at odds.
2: <laughs> they were mortal enemies. Then yeah. they merged, but apparently the merger, did it go through? Did it not go through? I don't know. Is it to anyone's benefit? Now people are pouring money into the PGA. Okay, I don't. I don't get it. I also don't care. What I care about is knowing that the people that own the baseball team in town, in a town that is full of ravenous fans regardless of how many world series they've won or not this century and what they're going to be served up is a retread version of last year's team banking on a bunch of uncertainties like worse a worse version I, well no i th- i legitimately think i think it's worse that the nerds and the data the data herd yeah, yeah. have told them breslov and the and the other young players that started to ascend last year in mixed in with the guys that are going to be called up will be able to give them what they had, if not even better. Plus, also, we think there's going to be the health, and we'll get more things out of Giolito than Sale. Turner, Verdugo,
1: and Duvall, you didn't replace those guys. So, like, to your point, all you're hoping is you can't go into a season saying, well, if we get career years out of our nine starters, because that never happens. You mm-hmm. might get a couple guys having a career year, a couple guys are going to slub, and then a couple guys are going to be what they just what they are. That's kind of yep. how
2: baseball works. Yeah, so Duvall, I know the guy didn't have the season we had hoped he would have, especially got given the white-hot start he got off to. He's not there, so I don't know who's playing center. I'm not sure who's playing right. Who's the right fielder, by the way? Is it Ref Snyder?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be Abreu, maybe, I think if you go it gonna be, Yoshida, uh, Duran, Abreu will probably be the outfield. Okay, hopefully order. Duran yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is
2: just as right in the uh, in, uh, of body, mind, and soul. But you that's hope also the kids got it all put together.
1: That's also why they didn't bring back Turner. I, I, I Henry's always to blame when it comes to like the the money. But Breslow, when he took over, I think made a comment about wanting to use the DH spot for like a bunch of different guys, or like have the ability to put Yoshida DH or Casas or Devers or whatever. So I think he felt Turner was just
2: going to block it, which I disagree with. Like, Turner played uh. a bunch of spots. He was great all over the place. I know. You get rid of Kyle from Waltham because he was going to block DH and maybe could only play first base. And that's for Casas. Let's get rid of him. All right. Let him go hit 105 home runs in two years. So we had
1: yesterday we played on the show. Ken Rosenthal on the MLB network talking about, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what the hell the Red Sox are doing. Well, he went on Chris Cotillo's podcast on Mass Live and sort of was also explaining about what he's hearing around the league when he's talking to those uh, free agents that are still on the market.
4: There is a consensus, I would say, that there is surprise that the Red Sox have not been more aggressive. Now, from my perspective, when I check on players and where they're going and who might be interested in which guys, I hardly ever hear their name. That's what is surprising to me, that they're not seemingly in the mix for any players you think they would be in the mix for. And again, the need is glaring. It's quite obvious. And there are pitchers out there. And I know Snell has warts. Montgomery might not be a number one. These are all fair assessments. And mm-hmm. listen, no one acquired Dylan Cease yet. No one acquired Corbin Burns yet. Obviously, the prices are quite high for those guys. But man, there are other ways to do things. And in a bigger picture sense... Why did you fire Haim Bloom if this is the way you're going to go? The right. complaint with Haim Bloom, as I understood it, was they're not winning at the big league level. Fair complaint. They had not won at the big league level. They finished last three of the last four years. Okay. But if the goal is not to finish last, which I would imagine it is, this is an odd way of going about it.
1: Also, what a terrible, like, low bar. If your goal is let's not finish last, like, how come. If the goal like, hey, win the World Series, that's aggressive mm-hmm. after you were like make the playoffs. There's an extra wild card team for God's sakes. It's not that crazy to get into the playoffs and then see what happens. Their Rich, goal is to just not be last place. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on your toes, no. but an eighty four win team made it all the way to the World Series last right. year. All you do is he's gotta get in, in baseball. And they're not even talking to free
1: agents according to Rosenthal. <laughs> like they have no interest. And I get I half get what he's saying about Han Bloom because I think one of the big criticisms of Heim Bloom, at least for me personally, was how bad he was at the trade deadlines the last couple of years. But if your overall approach is wait for the young guys, then why fire him? I think the only reason why they fired him was they were hoping to get like a little bit of goodwill from the fan base. I really believe that. I think just when you think like, oh, they're, they're completely like, you know, they, they don't listen to the fans. I think over the last two years, they did two things that they thought would be enough. They signed Rafael Devers to a long-term deal. They're like, oh, that'll shut them up.
2: And then they fired Heim Bloom, thinking that yeah. that was going to like cure everything. Here, here's But it's not. Give them some meat. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yes. That's what it is. No, really, it's just those two really things. Does. These are the two let them eat cakes from yeah. high in the tower.
1: So then when you freak out and when you tell, "Hey, Sam Kennedy, uh, the, how come the front office doesn't care?" He's like, oh, of course they care. We we care so much. Like Rafael Devers huge long-term commitment. And Hein Bloom, you guys didn't like Heim Bloom, right? Well, Breslow's doing the same thing, and what's worst about Breslow is he's like, "Hey, you got to be patient. And we can all count on uh, Teal, Marcelo Meyer, and uh, Roman Anthony, who Heim Bloom
2: brought all those guys in. Those are all Heimblum Bloom guys. I'm, I'm sorry. And I, I, I'm i just blanking right now. The name of the right fielder last year uh, came up late in the season, undersized, swings out of his socks every time. Abreu. Will, you're Abreu, right? No, no, no. I was thinking of. Uh, of Sadon Raffaella? Yeah, sit down, Rafael. Yeah, I so he
1: it. can play a bunch of spots. He is can he, play how, how, second well, how base. How much is he first.
2: expected to factor into the I, 2024 lineup? I bet they're counting on him
1: <laughs> based on what they've like what they have. Just haven't come done. out
2: and say we're building for 2025. We're going to go full youth movement yeah. this year. Um, That's brutal. I I just I hated Turner getting away. Yeah. I hate that they haven't made any moves for these guys. And it's just going to turn in. It's you, Welcome back to the overpriced selfie factory, everybody. Brutal.
1: And so that's the state of the Red Sox. If you want to get in on the Red Sox, add it to the conversation tonight. Feel free at 617-779-7937. Two hours down, two hours to go on the Rich Keep Show with Fitzy here on Weei.